when we focus on what we love about ourselves and that we love ourselves like we would a child we gave birth to, which is one of the practices I'm going to teach you about, but it's like, that's how we bring ourselves out of this externally focused, I need validation that I'm pretty, I need you to see that I look good, X, Y, Z, and into I feel radiant and it's coming from the inside. Mm. Man, <clears throat> that's really beautiful. I'm Thanks. so excited for you to share those practices today. Okay, should we begin? Yeah, absolutely. Welcome back, Wolfpack. Ow, ow, ow. Is this thing on? <laughs> Dingo was his name. I love to start with a little one-liner. <laughs> Notice it. Welcome back to the Sex Den Podcast, everyone. You are here with your favorite hosts, Lauren and Camille. We are sisters. We are here to have fun. We are currently in Mexico, baby. Mexico. Quintana <laughs> Roo. Quintana Roo. And today, we are giving you an exclusive lowdown on our bodies. And how to fall in love with yours. <laughs> That's right. I'm so excited for this episode. Lauren has so much knowledge in this space. I think that this is a good segment right here to just kind of drop for our audience, if they're new here, what we actually do here. Oh, what we do good. in our what we do for our private offerings, yes, and so forth. Sissy, why don't you start? Man, okay, I'm going into the cachet of my bios and trying to pick out which one I like the best. <laughs> okay, so I. Many things. My name is Lauren. You can find me on Instagram at SheWolfLauren, and I am a sexual confidence, personal power and heart space healing coach. Mm. I have my master's in communication, so I do a lot of work around internal dialogue, like reframing how we speak to ourselves, and then helping my clients to speak to others outside of themselves in that fashion. So it's a lot of compassion work, inner child work, and then super slutty mirror masturbation, pleasure enhancement work. That's what I do. It is my greatest passion. I offer one-on-one -on -one private containers, and I also from time to time do group coaching. So it is my greatest honor, and then I also love to host this podcast with my sister. That is – that was great. I want to work with you. Thanks. <laughs> I also do psychedelic integration. I know you do too. Mm -hmm. um, and I host ceremony. I've never said that out loud before, but wow. I, I work with plant medicine, and I host ceremony with particularly MDMA and mushrooms. Wow. Magic mushrooms. The fungi. Zephongai. Yeah, I have a lot of experience with psychedelics and sitting in on ceremony. That is so. beautiful. Yep. That's beautiful. My name is Camille. My Instagram handle for the time being is Camille Joanne M. I'm in the midst of changing. <laughs> We're having a name crisis. We're having for a name crisis. I am mostly known by my business name, which is Heal with Camille. That is my name on TikTok, where I post a lot of my content. And you can find me at healwithcamille.com. 
My main offering is I hold eight-week containers for people one-on-one to address face and feel trauma, anxiety, panic disorder, or anything they feel is stopping them from finding their deepest joy. Hmm. So I have not – you know, the label is hard. The label is hard, and this is newer for me. I started this business at the end of 2021, a big shift from my career in engineering. What led me to this place was going on my own healing journey from sexual trauma and now through a divorce, honestly. I feel like as a healer, the more you go through, the more you're able to hold space for others and offer in. So my love is to help people through trauma, particularly sexual trauma, and I do a lot of work. I I almost consider myself a holistic therapist because I do incorporate therapy techniques as well. A lot of talk therapy and something called IFS, internal family systems, where we get you to learn more about your mind, fall in love with your mind, and unburden those inner children so you can live more in your capital S self, your courageous, creative, calm, confident self. Beautiful. Yeah. So I have a couple spots left right now for my containers that are starting this month. So if you are interested, go to healwithcamille.com. You can apply and then we have a 15-minute call where we discuss your needs, wants, and desires. Make sure we're a good fit for each other before any investment is made. So it is my greatest honor to help people heal and guide them on their journeys. I love that. Yay. I love that. And Camille's really great at what she does. Oh, thank you, sissy. So are you. Thank you. So are you. So today's episode, let's talk a little bit about our bodies because mine's haywire right now. Yeah. (laughs) I had a disaster this week. You did? Oh, yeah. Remember my weenus? (laughs) Okay. Do you want to go first? I remember your weenus. Do you want to go first? Oh, no. Rudy's in our course. Oh, no. Oh, God. (laughs) Hang on. Camille's little puppy, he loves a good cord. He loves a good cord. Chewed her (laughs) Wi-Fi cable clean off. (laughs) Got to Mexico, no longer had Wi-Fi. Right. Okay. (laughs) He's so fabulous. Yeah, I'll go first. (laughs) How are you? My body has been a shit show for the past couple months. Okay. Also, I'm honoring her so deeply. Okay. I just got off birth control in February for the first time in 10 years, people. Mm-hmm. 10 years. Yeah. For nine of those 10 years, I did not have a period at all. So I went through this healing journey. Because she was on that kind of birth control. Yeah, because I was on the kind of birth control. It was really strong. Depo Provera. Worked well for my body, but did it? <laughs> she got a shot in the butt every how many days? Every three months. Gosh, shot yeah. in the butt. In the so, butthole. In the, right in my butthole. <laughs> it's the most in, crazy, in, intense form of birth control. <laughs> Straight to the rectum. So. <laughs> Anus, is that yeah. you? Yeah. <laughs> um, when I went through my healing journey, especially in sexual trauma, learning to just love my body, step into my power as a woman, I realized that I never really knew what my body felt like as a woman. And this is not saying that everybody, somebody who doesn't get a period isn't a woman. That's not what I'm saying. But in my own body, I didn't know my own cycle. I didn't know my flow. So I got off birth control in February. I didn't have a period for like four months. Then I had a period for a month long. 
which straight. was hell straight. Yeah, straight. So I honored my body, let it flow. I was also going through a divorce. I had taken a plan B. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was so many changes. And let me tell you, a woman's body is something to write home about. Oh, it's the o- it is the only thing to write home about. <laughs> it is the only thing to write home we're about. We're so in love with the body, I'm which is why we're having so this episode. In love with the body. I had my period for a month and I honestly was just holding my vagina every day, just telling her I loved her. You need to flow, honey, flow. Were you holding your vagina or were you holding your whole pussy? I was holding my whole pussy, my yoni, my womanhood, my everything. Good. The labias, <laughs> the lips. Yes. The clitoris. Yes. I was holding everything, just telling her to just flow, flow, flow. I got a yoni steam. Wow. Yoni steam. So What is that? Oh, my gosh. It's an Ayurvedic practice. I think it's ancient. Like, they have history of it going back thousands of years. Whoa. But I went to a holistic spa in Florida, and you sit on a chair that has a hole cut out in the middle. (laughs) It basically looks like a – well, it has cushion on it. It's, like, comfy, okay? (laughs) But underneath it is (laughs) – underneath it – comfy, okay. comfy, okay? (laughs) I didn't want people thinking it looked like one of those baby toilets. Right. But that's what I'm thinking. (laughs) So underneath it had one of those electric burners with a big pot, the same red pot our mother has. Um, The Le Creuset. Le Creuset. Yeah. Le Creuset. Oh my God. Okay. So it's, it's elite. It was elite. Okay. And it had numerous herbs they didn't even tell me what was in there but it was just herbs boiling and the steam rises up through the hole you're sitting there completely vulnerable totally naked with a sheet draped over your body and you steam your pussy for 30 minutes wow (laughs) it's an ancient practice though it says it helps with fertility it helps with period it helps with menopause Cool. Yeah, it's just this really beautiful practice, and I believe in herbal healing for so many other things. Why wouldn't I put herbs on my pussy? I don't know. So after that, my period stopped a couple days after that, and now I I didn't have one for a month. I, like, cycled normally now. Wow. So now today, it's a bloody mess down there. (laughs) Well, okay, I love that, and I also feel like we should say that I introduced you to period underpants during your one-month period, (laughs) and Camille and I are obsessed (laughs) with period underpants. I want to be sponsored by a period underpants company. Let's get period underpants. Okay, we aren't even going to tell you our favorites yet because we're still trying all of the different ones. I have three different kinds right now. But I am so obsessed with period underpants, and I've become obsessed with seeing the color of my blood. Me too. Viscosity of my blood, the like different ways that it comes out. You kind of do a nice exhale and it just shoots out like a luge. (laughs) I love it. The most amazing thing is my body is sinking with my blood. Yeah. So it's only when I sit on the toilet do I really bleed. That's when I bleed too. Yeah. It's so like last night, and I was bleeding a lot yesterday. And then at night, I didn't bleed at all until I sat on the toilet this morning and it was Viagra. It was. Viagra? You mean Niagara? (laughs) (laughs) It sounded wrong coming out. It did. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Wait a minute. No, it's Niagara Niagara Falls. Falls. (laughs) The Viagra. Viagra Falls. I'm so serious. It's really close. Viagra Falls. One letter. It was Viagra Falls. It was Viagra Falls. (laughs) (laughs) 
Now I realize this isn't hitting every audience. Yeah. <laughs> but for all our ladies out there. Yeah. For anybody with a womb and a yoni, I hopefully mean... you're identifying with us. Because you know what? No, I think it's so important. That's what we're talking about today is our bodies. Yeah. This is one of the ways that I fell in love with my body. Oh, me too. Because. What? Y- what? <laughs> I'm not really finished with the period underpants thing yet. Me either. Wait, I need to just talk about one thing before we fall in love with the bodies. No, I was going to talk about period underpants too. Oh, okay. I'm in love with cleaning them. You love to clean them. I wash them like I am a woman from the olden days who doesn't have a washing machine. And I go in my sink. I'm squishing it, squishing it. I'm rubbing it together. I'm like, I'm taking so much pride in washing my period underpants. Isn't it fun? I can't stop. We have to fall in love with our periods. We do. Okay. That's just what it is. Why why we're in love. Well, I just wanted to say that I understand our privilege in talking about the option to be on or Mm. off of birth control, you know? Um, But I just know that I was on birth control for 10 years too. Mm -hmm. And it was not that it was even hell for my body. It's just that I didn't feel connected at all with my own hormone regulation. Yeah. And now I cycle with the full moon. It's the coolest thing. Like one day before, maybe two days before, if she's a little early, but I always bleed with the full moon. And I'm, I put my fingers in my period blood, rub it in the sand. Like I'm constantly trying to find ways to be naked and bleed on the earth and like really tune into that primal weirdness and I just love it and honestly having period underpants (laughs) has been one of the ways that I do that because when you're stuffing a tampon up in you it doesn't feel good at least I just really doesn't I would have all this resistance to them like I would rather free bleed in my jeans than wear a tampon yeah and so I I think Bianca was the first one who got me into period underwear. But anyway, it feels so good to understand and really to see like actually how much blood is coming out. Like when you put a tampon in there, you're just plugging it up. Like her purpose is wanting to flow. You can't feel the blood coming out. When the blood's coming out, it's kind of this cool, warm, like it's a fun sensation. It is really fun. I love it. Number one. And I feel like it's so sensitive down there. Yes. And just after you wear period underpants for a while. (laughs) Also, we have to call them specifically period underpants. Underpants. Yeah. And I honestly – so last episode, I mentioned Ellen. Uh I'm going to mention Ellen again right now. So Ellen, Ellen. Ellen, we were in Portugal. The reason we have to call them underpants. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We were in Portugal when we were – man, I was in – grad school so I was I wasn't even 21 yet okay so I was 21 or 22 yeah 19 or 20 so I was 22 you were 22 I just had turned 20 okay I was 22 and it was the summer and we went to Portugal or I went on a study abroad and then I met up with Camille and her best friend and my best friend my best everybody flew in and we all met in Paris it was really fun it was really fun okay so we met in Paris (laughs) and we go to you know do all of our travels and stuff get to Portugal and I'm like I want a tattoo and now this tattoo is not one that is my favorite it's like a ghetto sun but it's fine (laughs) um so I go to get this tattoo and it's on a part of my body that you basically you have to take your pants off Mm -hmm. and so I get to the tattoo parlor and I'm like Ellen 
I'm like, I'm not wearing underwear. How am I going to take off my pants to get my tattoo? <laughs> and she just goes, Lauren, where are your underpants? Like she couldn't believe that I wasn't wearing underpants. Where and it was just, are your underpants? Where are your underpants? Like as if they were just in my purse or like I just, I don't know. Where are your underpants? Where are your underpants? And so that line, I just texted her about it the other day. But oh, I, I think of that phrase because it was so hysterical. It just really pointed at our dynamic like at the time Ellen would be always wearing her underpants you know oh like and God. I was just so you were free you had so much armpit hair at the time I too. had armpit hair I just didn't give a shit I love that so, so we always have to call them underpants period underpants period underpants um <laughs> anyways this is going on so long. I could okay. talk about period underpants for an hour. Me too. This is showing. Yeah. <laughs> this is How's showing. Everybody about yeah. that? How's everybody doing tonight? How's everybody doing tonight? <laughs> I'm ready to continue talking about the style of underpants. <laughs> yeah, because you need to know. Okay, this is a period underpants episode. But no, we're, we're, <laughs> yeah. I promise we're going to get to more. We're going to get to more. We're getting to more. But it is important if you're picking out period underpants, mm. you need to have a couple options. You mm. need to have some boy shorts that you can wear. Yeah. To go to bed or around the house. They're really cozy. They'll become your favorite thing. You'll want to yeah. wear them even when you're not on your period. Then you might need a couple pairs of briefs. Yeah. I don't know. A nice brief. I do the briefs at night. Boy shorts. I'm wearing them right now. Yeah. Filming in them. I wear them under dresses. Like yeah. I'm literally wearing the – I'm wearing period underpants all, all the time. Yeah. And then they have some period thongs. Those you know? are nice for the gym. For the gym, if you're just going out, if you want to feel sexy and not like you're wearing a little bit of a dipe. Yeah. It is a little bit of a, dip. a diaper. But – So so y'all, we're going to get a sponsor for yeah, period underpants. We are. We're we doing it. To. I'm reaching out to sponsors today. Yeah. Because after they hear this, how could they not? Yeah. <laughs> we'll just send them this episode. Yeah, we have a whole episode on period and fans, So Okay. So at <sighs> minute 84, we're getting in to <laughs> – yeah. well, I didn't even say about my disaster, so I'll just be brief. Oh, yeah. So brief. this was Camille's thing, was with her period this mm -hmm. week. I want to tell you about my body, and that is that I was bitten by the mother load of horse flies it was a mystery bug though we don't know what it was no it's a it's okay. I know what it was okay. I saw it <laughs> I know what it was I know what it was <laughs> it oh. was a mix a hybrid of a bee oh, and a fly <laughs> I swear to god those only exist in Mexico I've never seen one before uh, I've never seen one it's before it's the scariest thing you've ever seen it landed on my weenus you guys <laughs> on my left weenus and it put its antenna or its stinger right into my bone, basically. Oh, my God. Flew away. And the second I saw it, I was standing with my friend Alyssa at this outdoor beach, you know, club thing. Chalet. Chalet. And it flew up. And the second I saw it, it was as if it paused and looked me in the <laughs> eyes. And it was like, you know what I just did? Well, let me tell you, I was allergic to that motherfucker. My entire weenus, you can see it in our last episode if you watch the YouTube. Oh, my God. It looks fine now. It's, it's getting so much it's better. Getting, you can but, see there's definition in the <laughs> My entire weenus swelled up like a balloon. It went all the way up to under my armpit, got all the way. I literally, it, my arm looked like Marshmallow yeah, Man. It was hard and warm. Yeah, it was hot. Like, it, my body was trying to expel something. It was 
so weird. And I'm not, I'm just going to say it wasn't the first time this has happened. That mystery fly bee has bitten me before (laughs) and it blew my whole hand up and then it blew up my right foot too. (laughs) So no, they, they love me. They love me. Mosquitoes. Sure. I get bitten. Not that big of a deal. Those Forget it. We have to figure out exactly what it's called. I'm ter- I know what it is. It's a hybrid of a bee and a fly. <laughs> okay. So anyway. The actual name. So we have a bloody disaster today and we have a blown up weenus. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. Now weenus. let's talk about how to love your body even under these circumstances. <laughs> yes. So how can you love your body when you're bleeding like the Viagra River for a month and your weenus blows up? We'll tell you yeah. right now. We'll tell you. Take all the mirrors down. In your house. No, yeah. Okay. So, okay, you guys, Camille and I both have experiences with really self-loathing, mm, right? Would you call it so that? Much. Like your body. Mine's just like a discomfort in my own skin. Okay. Mine was a pretty much 10-year battle Mm. of wanting to be skinnier. Like smaller. I still go through that, honestly. Smaller, skinnier. I don't go through it as much. Yeah. It it depends, you know. But um, of just wanting to be smaller, skinnier, more attractive for the current person that I was dating. Uh, um, you know, not wearing things because I thought they were unflattering. Just so much working out exclusively to lose weight, not because it was yeah, movement of my one. body, right? Like obsessing. I struggled with binging as well that mm. I didn't even know that's what I was doing at the time, but kind of to like uh, mitigate stress or – uh, maybe being bored or something, I would eat so much food, like go into my cabinets and just try some of everything that was in there, overeat on one of the things, and then feel like I needed to not eat at all and work out mm. like crazy for the next week or whatever. Your relationship with food definitely wasn't good. It wasn't good. And now I'm happy to say that it is really good and it's effortless. Mm-hmm. I'm not obsessing over it now. I can be in certain situations where I'll feel more of a – like I'll feel more out of control. Mm-hmm. Like I'm kind of eating this, that, and everything else and then I won't feel good. But it's more about tuning in with my body now than doing the like I'm not eating – I, or I'm going to fast, mm. you know, yeah, kind of a thing. So uh, anyway, yeah. I feel like I feel like mine was definitely body dysmorphia. Okay. I feel like I just always remember comparing myself to everyone in the room thinking I was the biggest by far. Which she wasn't. And that started probably when I was 12. Which was after I I was a competitive gymnast until I was 11. Like really competitive. And then – so I had a little stick body. Then when I started getting curves, I had a meltdown of a lifetime. And I feel like I struggled with that forever. I, I still have to sink back into my body and make sure I'm doing things to show my body love. Mm-hmm now and telling it you know just having gratitude and stuff I know we're going to talk about that kind of stuff but I mean I still have moments where I'm like they 
and this is sad. It's like sad to admit, but saying like, oh, that type of person wouldn't go for me. I'm like too big for them. Mm. And from the outside, people wouldn't think that about me. And I, I'm conscious of that. It's just those thoughts still run through my mind. Yeah. Thank yeah. you for sharing that though. Because yeah. I think it's important for people to just hear that they're not alone in this too. Yeah. Because – it's it's just so interesting we're in a culture you know where it's like it looks like everybody's confident Mm. like or and everybody's beautiful and everybody's the best that they've ever been and confident and posting photos but man it is a journey with the body the body is such it's such an incredible vessel and I think in our core we all know that but it takes a lot of unlearning mm. to get to a place where you can be in love with your body. And yeah. that's that's what I want to talk about a lot today mm. is this unlearning because especially as, you know, women or people who present as women. Mm. And I, I mean, it does happen to boys and men and, and you know, that expression too is that we're taught to compete with other women and to look for what we might not have Mm. or to look for what we have and they don't, right? Mm. That was a huge issue for me is that I remember like it was a big ego thing where Mm -hmm. I would look at somebody and be like, I'm glad I don't look like that. And I'm being honest right now because that says a lot about how much you hate yourself. Mm. when we look at other people and check in with yourself right now because I that's a hard thing to admit right but I want you to check in with yourself and ask yourself if you do that like when you're in a room are you looking around and kind of being like whoa I would never wear that or like oh her hair should not be that color or oh what is she doing with her makeup or what is she wearing yeah because when we do that we think other people are doing that to us and then we live our whole lives trying to be perfect in other people's eyes Mm. and we have to let go of that so that we can be in compassion for ourselves and for everybody else who's alive on the earth wow thank you for sharing that I feel like that was super vulnerable and honest and that's not something easy to say that and I feel like and I also feel like that happens so often it happens so much yeah and it's really a cover up for a lack of self-confidence in Mm -hmm. certain ways and I can absolutely see that now and I I know so many people I think that do make the comments on other people's style or or bodies or what their nose looks like or something and it it radi it's it's a reflection of their inner world yeah it really is it, it really isn't I wanted to give you that reflection of what my inner world was because I'm really happy to say that that barely ever happens now mm. the more and more and more I pour energy and love into my own vessel and into myself and into the people around me I don't even notice what people are wearing anymore it's really crazy unless I like yeah. love the style that they have but I never notice other people's bodies, if they're like very infrequently, very yeah. infrequently, am I like, whoa, you know, how could she be wearing that? It's more just, I'm observing things. It's not like I'm walking around blind, but there just isn't this harsh judgment or this harsh 
preference for other people. Yeah. There just isn't. Because when we focus on what we love about ourselves and that we love ourselves like we would a child we gave birth to, which is one of the practices I'm going to teach you about. But it's like that's how we bring ourselves out of this externally focused, I need validation that I'm pretty. I need you to see that I look good, X, Y, Z, and into I feel radiant and it's coming from the inside. Mm, Man, that's really beautiful. I'm so excited for you to share those practices today. Okay. Should we begin? Yeah, absolutely. My absolute favorite time to show my body self-love is in the shower. I massage my body. I wash my body gently. I touch every single part of myself. And while I'm doing that, you bet your ass I am using Amber Bath Bathing Essentials soap and body butter. Okay. (laughs) Y'all, we have the most incredible products that we are sponsored by. It also happens to be a business that is owned and operated by our mother, the OG den mother, Bess. Shout out mom. Shout out Bess. We are so excited to have her as our first official sponsor. We use these products Every single day. Todos los días. Todos los días. I'm using one right now if you see it in the video. This is our hand salve. My favorite thing. You rub it on your lips, your elbows, any little cracked area. My favorite product is body butter. Every day in the shower, still wet. Rub it on my body. Massage my body. Give it a little extra love. And you are moisturized all day long. If you are interested in these delicious smelling, all natural, organic products, head over to amberbath.com and use code WOLFPACK for 20% off of your order and a special little gift from your den mothers. Oh, you're welcome. (laughs) We love you. Okay, so if you are in a still environment right now, don't do this if you're driving or even I guess you can, but just kind of glance. I want you to take a moment to look at your hand. It can be the left hand or the right hand. But just look at your hand, and Camille and I are going to do it with you. One of the things that we have to do is to become in awe of our bodies. And if we look at our hand and just think about all of the things that our hand does for us on a daily basis that we never have to think about. So it moves, it waves, it hugs, it picks things up, it types, it scratches, it fixes our hair, it helps us to feel pleasure. It does so many things. It holds hands with people that we love. It picks up our kids. It picks up our pets, right? We cannot look at our hand right now and identify exactly how it even exists. (laughs) Like how, how does the skin grow how it does? Or how do our nails grow out of our soft tissues? You know, how are there little wrinkles right where our fingers need to bend? How do the joints and the veins and everything, all of the lines, how does it attach by bone to our arm? It's a fucking mystery. It's magnificent. (laughs) It's God. That's the definition, right? It's just we trust that our hand is there for a reason, and it is, and we use it, and we don't question it. We just know it. And so – If we can become that in awe of our hand, you can put your hand down now if you're looking at it, but 
if we become that in awe of our bodies, it's really hard to not be in love with them. Mm. And so that's kind of this super level of self-love where we can kind of surpass all of these other things. But what about my roles? But what about if I gain 20 pounds? It's like if we kind of go above that and cut through all of it and just for one second, for one second, just become in awe that your body even exists, Mm. that your skin grows, that your heart beats, that your legs walk. You don't have to tell your legs to walk. You don't know half the time when you stand up where you're going. Your body just takes you there. So when we sit with that and just the magnitude of that, that for me is this ultimate radical self-love is noticing the remarkable and magic and magnificent nature of the body. Wow. So I like to start there. I think that's so beautiful. I'm even thinking like just thinking about my little heart in there beating and pumping blood to my vessels. Even even the idea that my brain is in there firing messages (laughs) to my body without me even asking. I'm just like, reach for coffee, yeah. drink coffee. Everything's just happening inside my body. I mean, I yeah. do this practice a lot too. I think it's so fun to just think about how crazy it is that we even have a body. Yes. But whatever consciousness, whatever's happening right now is in this body. Yes. We didn't ask for it. it this just grew. Yeah, it just grew. <laughs> it grew and it's the most incredible thing. It makes you want to cry about your own body. It makes just me want to cry. the fact that it exists. I do cry about this because it is – you know, Shane and I talk about this a lot, how how it's so incredible that something exists rather than nothing at all. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> just that something exists. That just that that the leaves so. exist. I mean, if you I I want to move into another kind of way to chew on this self-love experience. And that is through the lens of another. So for example, when you go outside and you see a tree this living being. It's very infrequent that what we would do is look at the tree and say, oh, that tree would be beautiful if only it didn't have that brown spot on its bark or if less of the tree was turning into fall and more of it was kind of in a spring expression. (laughs) And, you know, that tree, it could have another branch We just don't do that. We just see the tree and think it's a tree. Great. I mean, there it is. It's in its tree expression. The same thing with flowers. The same thing with animals. Animals. I was just thinking of an animal. Yes. Even if it's a funny looking animal, you're like, that is the funniest, cutest little thing I've ever seen. You're not like, wow. But if its eyes were smaller, it would be cuter. Right. And have you ever noticed that you would never love your dog more or less? For example, if it had one squinty eye or if one of its paws wasn't perfectly pink, if it had, you know, black or brown on it, you would love it even more because of its uniqueness. And the same thing, let's even bring it to humans, right? To a baby. When your baby is born, mm. we're, well, we can all say there are some ugly babies, right? But but <laughs> all babies to their are mother, weird. All babies are weird. They They're look weird. like little freaky aliens. aliens and and sometimes <laughs> they're chubby and cute, and sometimes it's like, whoa! But you're not gonna <laughs> you're not gonna not hold that baby. Um, yeah, I'd still so hold it. so 
just as if a mother loves her baby. Imagine how much your mom loved you when you were born. If you have that kind of a relationship with your mom or how much somebody loved you when you Mm. were born. And so it's like they're not looking at your little rolls by your knee and being like, oh, my God, she, we need to put her on a diet. Like no. she's they're not smelling looking good. Them. They're smelling them <laughs> and putting little oil on them and just like the cutest. You just want to s- squeeze it and kill it kind of because you love it so much. <laughs> that is the kind of overwhelming undesirable and un or not undesirable unwavering mm. and unconditional love that we can show to ourselves so if we gain a little bit of weight it can be a lot of pressure from society mm. to be like you were more beautiful before you need to get back to skinny you need to go to the gym and xyz and if it feels good to do that then okay you can do that if it feels good to put on some muscle and to shed some fat cuz you feel more energetic Great. I'm not talking about that. What I'm talking about is during the time that you're in your little bit of heavier phase, can you find it within yourself to love your body like you would a little chubby baby? Mm. Can you find it within yourself to love your body like you would if your dog ate too much for a year and got Mm. a little bit gordo? Yeah. Muy gordo. Gordito. Okay. So it's like. Yeah, that's so but can you love it? Can yeah. you still honor that? Holy shit! Even though my body's bigger right now, I'm alive in here. Yeah. I'm alive. I'm able to experience orgasm, or I'm able to experience pleasure. I'm able to use my eyes. This is going into another exercise. Yeah, I, I just want to jump in and say one thing, especially. When we are going through a hard life change, it is so vitally important to show our body extra love mm-hmm. because usually we're we're at our worst, mm-hmm. you know, because speaking, I love this thing that Shane talks about on his podcast, Stress Adaptation with Brian McKenzie. Listen to it, Human Podcast. They talk about a stress bucket. We only have so much space in our body for stress. That includes emotional stuff. That includes physical stuff. So exercise, going to your job, those are all stressors on the body. When our stress bucket is full, we no longer have the capacity for anything else. So that's why when we're going through a divorce, a breakup, a job change, a losing a loved one, we don't have we don't have the energy anymore to go to the gym. So typically we gain weight or there's so much emotional stress on the body that we're also gaining weight. And then let's just take a step back and recognize that our body is holding all of that emotional pain for us. Of course it wants to put on a little weight. Of course it wants to make you warm. Of course it's wanting wanting you to just be cozy and nuzzled in your own body like can you take a step back and thank your body for holding that emotional burden for you? Mm. You don't even – its you don't ask it to. It just does it. So just give yourself a little extra love in those spaces and recognize that our body does so much for us unwillingly, you know? Yeah. I think that's important. Well, it – not unwillingly it's just without thanks Mm. so often Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. so many of us hate ourselves for so long hate our bodies for so long that we don't even realize 
we don't take a minute to have gratitude for it. And can yeah. you imagine doing that much work for somebody's soul and trying your best mm. and never being thanked for it? Mm, you, we have to thank our bodies. Yeah, we do. And to say, oh my gosh, I'm on your team. Mm. I'm on your team. I love you and I'm on your team. No matter what we're going through, if we have to shed 300 pounds, I love you. I'm on your team. We're doing this together. Mm-hmm. You know, and so that level of just adoration and understanding that your body is the only one you've got in this lifetime. Mm. It really isn't. I know we talked about death last time, but it's just like how many minutes of your life can you love yourself? And that doesn't happen without effort because of the conditioning that we have in our society. So it takes effort and it takes noticing what your internal dialogue is too. And that's what I want to talk about next. There is a book that I have, you know, one of my ex-boyfriends gave it to me actually. And um, I have been recommending it for 10 years now. And it's The Hidden Messages in Water. And the best. It is really a special book because essentially the main premise is I think I've talked about it on the podcast before, actually, but uh, water molecules are spoken to in one way or another in this testing environment. Some of the water molecules are said, I love you, I love you, I love you. Some are said, I hate you, you're ugly, you're disgusting. And they do a bunch of other things, play metal music for one, play classical for another, put some in the sun, put some in the shade, you know, that kind of a thing. It's these uh, multiple different tests. Then they freeze the water molecules and they observe them under a microscope. They observe the water crystals. Mm -hmm. And the water crystals that have been shown a lot of love, care, nurturing form these really cohesive, symmetrical uh, visuals. Like they, they look amazing. The water crystals are really clearly joyful. You would perceive them to be joyful. So beautiful. So beautiful. And as you can imagine, the ones that are uh, th- that are spoken to poorly or left in neglect form in these really disjointed, unsymmetrical ways that look like they're kind of calling out for help in a lot of ways. Like it'll be one tendril way out far instead of being together in this yeah. unit. And so – what's important is that we're mostly water. So if you're a science person and you're listening to this and it's like, okay, this is making sense. It's not so woo-woo like self-love and I feel better. Scientifically, when we speak negatively to ourselves, when our our self-thought and our conversation that's happening in our head, which by the way is happening all the time, Mm -hmm. unless we're present and, you know, practicing. But that message that we're sending to ourselves is actually harming ourselves, ourselves Our, on a cellular, cellular level. level. Yeah. So to notice first, I want you to write down, and this is the this is the little assignment for this area, is be honest with yourself and write down on a piece of paper or in your journal what those messages are that are running in your head on a daily basis. Moment by moment, it can even be. And not just about your body, but about you. Are you Mm -hmm. telling yourself that you're not good enough, you're not worthy of this kind of a person, that you're not a hard worker, that you don't know how to get it together? 
are you telling yourself that you're fat, you're ugly, you, you know, need to get a nose job or a boob job or whatever Mm. to be loved and to be worthy? Really write those down and be honest with yourself about what's happening because even just noticing that those thoughts are happening and putting them on something outside of your body, putting them down on a piece of paper, then you can begin to unlearn that shit. So (laughs) until you notice it, until you recognize it, you can't unlearn it. And so let's start there. Start by writing it down. I love that assignment. And then it is painful. It's such a painful assignment when you recognize the way that you're treating yourself because you look at all those things on the paper and you're like, oh my God, if somebody else was saying this stuff to me, they would be out of my life so quickly. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine talking to a friend like that. I can't imagine talking to a pet like that. Think about it. And then all of a sudden you just are looking in the mirror thinking, oh my God, how am I treating myself like that? Mm -hmm. It's so sad. It is so sad. Yeah. So reflect on that. Mm -hmm. Reflect on how you feel writing those down. What What you feel like looking at that stuff, if that's really how you feel. Right. You know, and then there has to be an internal change. And how 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 does that happen? Yeah. So the internal change can happen in a couple of ways. And what it really takes is a lot of practice and different things for different people. So I'll I'll give you a few right now to kind of list them off. But the first thing to do is that you can keep that list. And at some point in your life, when you feel ready, you can destroy it. And say that those messages that you intend for those to no longer be what your internal world sounds like. So whether that's through burning it, whether that's through tearing it up into a million pieces, whether that is burying it and letting it lie, laying it to rest, um, or, you know, any kind of a ceremony that you can imagine that would feel good for you. So that's a way to just show that your intention is to release those things. It doesn't mean they'll be gone right away, but it just means that your intention is to let go of that. And a lot of times when we have an intention, the action that comes behind it is just really, it's unbelievable. I've healed so much and I can't wait to share with you all. I really want to share about my sexual uh, healing and just, you know, how I intended that. Mm. Um, But anyway, so that's one way to to start that is to intentionally decide, hey, I'm not doing this anymore and I'm going to really dedicate some time to it. So that's one way. The second thing that I highly recommend, and it seems so cheesy, it seems amateur, elementary, whatever kind of word you want to use here, but you must begin incorporating affirmations for yourself. Yeah. Affirmations and if possible, mantras. So Mm. the difference is this. An affirmation, well, an affirmation can technically be a mantra, but basically they act, the way I coach it is in two different ways. The affirmations are something that you're going to repeat to yourself when you see a sticky note or a piece of uh, a reminder. You can set a reminder on your phone to say, tell yourself these affirmations. And the affirmations can be, I trust myself. I love myself. I'm beautiful. I'm smart. I'm worthy. Something like that. You can set a reminder on your phone. My favorite thing to do because I love to write is that I put sticky notes up on my mirror, on my computer, Mm -hmm. on my coffee machine, 
on like you can basically become a sticky note fiend and every time you see the sticky note you have to say it out loud to yourself Mm. this begins reprogramming because you're saying it out loud so it you can hear it it's like a double situation double sensory yes and I'll give you one more with this and that's the mantra piece the mantra for me has worked wonders and it takes one extra step you have to begin noticing when you're saying this stuff to yourself. So a lot of times it'll be when you have a some downtime, like you're transitioning between getting ready for work and going to work. Um, you're cooking. You're driving. You'll kind of have these ruminating thoughts. Or, for example, when you step out of your house, you're in public now, you're more aware of that people are seeing you. If you can repeat a mantra to yourself, mine is, I love you. So mm-hmm. when my mind would start to go toward, I wonder what that guy's thinking of me. I wonder if that person thinks I'm attractive. I wonder if they like my outfit. I wonder if they're judging my sunglasses. Maybe my sunglasses are too big. Oh, no, I should have had something to cover my shoulders. That kind of a thing. Instead of letting my mind go there, I replace that with, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. Until mm-hmm. finally those passes or those thoughts pass. I love that. Mine is I trust you. Mm-hmm. I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. I trust yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. And it can be whatever feels good for you. You know, I'm worthy is a great one. Uh, I am here. I am present. But that one takes the extra level of committing to noticing your mind. And that really is the whole you basically do that until enlightenment. Noticing your mind and <laughs> making it and helping it to be calm is the path is the ultimate path. Yeah. So starting I, there is, is you know, it's just a little bit more advanced. And I want to say it gets frustrating. Oh, yeah. It gets really frustrating, like, because you really think, okay, I've been doing this for six months. Mm-hmm. I'm good now. Yeah. I'm totally good. And then you feel really good for a little bit, and then all of a sudden you're bloated because of your period, haven't worked out in a couple weeks, and you're like, I am a disaster. Yes. I'm unworthy. I yes. am. And you think that the progress from before hasn't done anything, but that's not true. Mm-hmm. You recognizing the pattern, you continuing to call yourself up to say your mantras, to say your affirmations is the lifetime journey. Mm-hmm. So I just want to say if you're frustrated, you're like, well, I've been doing this for Three years. Yeah. (laughs) And it's not – it hasn't changed a single thing. Yeah. Just notice that internally your mind is going through transformation even in those moments that you're frustrated and you have the recognition of it. Mm -hmm. So keep going. I Yeah. Just Just keep going. Keep going. And I want to go one step further than than that because that's so great. Then when that stuff starts to come up, when you start to be like, I should be better than this by now. I should already know mm-hmm. this. I should, I should. Then we get to introduce compassion mm-hmm. for the self. And compassion that no matter how bad you want something to change in an instant in this, what is that called? This kind of instant culture? Gratification. Yeah, instant gratification. You have been saying these really harmful thoughts to yourself for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. Who knows? And maybe other people said them to you. You know, so it takes some unlearning. And so just having compassion for yourself and 
reminding yourself, wow, okay, I'm really proud that I even have implemented any of these tools. Mm. I'm proud that I have a desire to love myself before the desire may not have even been there. You may not Mm. have even noticed. So just compassion. Thank you, honey. You're trying. You're doing so well. You're handling so much in life. I love you. I'm grateful for you. And let's have an orgasm. That's my favorite way. (laughs) Let's have an (laughs) orgasm. I love to have orgasms. Me too. Whoops, the episode is over and now you're sad because you have to wait a whole week to hear from us again. Except for now, we have a special VIP experience for you. Tell me more. I can't wait. Okay, so we have launched our Patreon page. You can search patreon.com slash the sex den. And for just $11.11 a month, a beautiful angel number, you are able to have exclusive access to more content from us. We post mini episodes, Q&As, a giveaway each month for a chance to win a two-on-one coaching 60-minute Zoom call with Camille and me. Ah! That's once a month. It's so great. Oh, my gosh. We're doing that. You get exclusive uh, VIP access to our new group coaching programs, our Mm -hmm. live events, anything that we host in the future, as well as behind the scenes and all of our stuff. So make sure that you're coming over there to see us. We're building a community. It's so much fun, and we can't wait to have you there. We love it. We love it. That is patreon.com slash the sex den. Join the wolf pack today. Ow, ow, ow! That's so good. I want to do – I want to do another like half of an episode on compassion because I feel like – I know we've done it before, just kind of dropped it in, but I think that has so much to do with the amount of addiction, disordered Mm. eating, Mm. just a lot of stuff that's happening in culture right now because we basically claim the identity Mm -hmm. of what that is and we cling to that identity so deeply that when we stray from it or go back to the habit, you're immediately pissed. Mm -hmm. And so – it's another thing about incorporating compassion into our lives. So I want to do one more about that. But yes, have some freaking compassion for yourself. Have compassion for yourself how you would want, say, your partner to be compassionate for you or your family or your friends. Mm-hmm. I, I was, was going to let's talk about orgasms. I was – okay. <laughs> say What it. were you going to say? I was going to go there. Okay, yeah. Let's talk about orgasms. That's right. Yeah. What a fabulous way to love yourself. Uh, let me just say it. I, I want to do a whole episode on orgasms because I really feel like it's a I must. know. Um, but I will briefly just say that I have a lot of clients who are in relationships and they stop their self-love. And by self-love, yes. I'm just going to go ahead and call it masturbating. They yeah. stop masturbating and they stop having erotic energy with themselves Mm. and that is not okay we have to be keeping up on our pleasure practices even when we're in a relationship because what happens is relationships go through swings sometimes and if you're I actually have so much to say about this that I don't even know where to begin (laughs) you're relationship your partner is not responsible for your pleasure your partner Mm. is not responsible for your pleasure and I want that to sink in for a second 
a lot of you will be like, that's not true. Why do I have one then? <laughs> Basically, why do I have yeah. a partner? But this is why this is important. Let's say, for example, your partner is going through something like a loss of a parent or the, uh, you know, a custody battle or something or who knows, things that people losing go their through. Job. Losing their job. Uh, uh, illness. Yeah. Well, anything. Things that people go through. They get in a car accident and they're suddenly, you know, broke their freaking leg. Yeah. Okay. What happens is that if your partner is responsible for your pleasure, then the partner bears that responsibility. Mm. It is not their responsibility. You can both show up in partnership and decide that you want to feel pleasure together and that you want to have these sexual experiences, obviously. But if your partner is responsible for your pleasure, then they cannot live their life in their truth. Because sometimes people need to take a break from intimacy. People mm -hmm. need a moment to recalibrate. And if all of a sudden you're like, well, you're not fucking me anymore. And we were, but we used to be having sex and now we're not. And blah, 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 blah. That's not how you want to be reacting. And it's not what your partner needs in the moment. They need mm -hmm. your support and you need to be able to feel pleasure and joy and orgasmic ecstasy by yourself. Mm. Or in the presence of them, but without it having to be their responsibility, if that makes sense. Yes. So we practice that. We practice for those scenarios. And if you're single, this is even better because starting now and then you carry this into your relationships. And I want to give a quick aside. This is a lot easier said than done. And I want to acknowledge that. Mm. I, and from personal experience, right, I was the queen of self-pleasure. I masturbated so many times a day when I was yeah. single. I just really enjoyed exploring my body, having orgasms, trying different toys, using my hand, watching myself in the mirror, you know, fucking myself with a dildo. I don't yeah. know. So many things <laughs> like doing all of this stuff. And when I got into partnership with Shane, we were having so much sex and exploring each other's bodies so much that my own practice wasn't really there as much. And so over time, I've come back to my practice because it's really important to me and I preach it. So I'm damn well going to practice it. That's right. And so, yeah. I feel like I need to make a PSA though. Okay. If there is a prolonged period in a relationship where your sexual needs are, are different. Okay. Yeah. We said this in the last ep. You know what? We answered this on our Patreon. Ooh. Yes. I'm having a high sex drive. My partner isn't. What do I do? Your partner is not responsible for your pleasure. I feel, and you can debate me on this, as a union, you are absolutely responsible for intimacy between the two of you. Yes. Intimacy is different than orgasm. Mm -hmm. Intimacy is a necessity. Orgasm and pleasure can, so can be ebb and flow with the relationship. Yes. So let me be more clear then because I think I'm saying the same thing. But I'm not – I just didn't express it the okay. same way. So 
what I mean by your partner is not responsible for your pleasure is that you are responsible for your needs. When you're in a union and you have needs that for whatever reason can't be met by your partner during this particular time. Yeah. Not prolonged, but during a particular, I'm talking about like a hardship that comes up where you're going to ride it together and then come back together. I'm not talking about a partner who basically sucks and is lazy and is just like, this is what you're going to get. Love it or leave it. We're having sex once a week or once a month. Too bad. Okay. You know, so I'm saying you take responsibility for your pleasure because only you know what you need. And so if you need sex or if you need orgasms and you need uh, pleasure Mm. and your partner is your only outlet for that, Mm. then you will inevitably be left in a situation where you feel unfulfilled. Okay. So hopefully I could hopefully I explain that better. And if you don't feel like you're responsible for your pleasure, then what happens when you're thinking about going through a breakup and you're like just not really in your body? If you're if you're not responsible for your pleasure and your partner is, it's just leaving this huge gap between you and ecstasy and you and your your Oh yeah. potential. Yeah. So such but, a good point. But as a, a union, as a union, and I really want to do a whole episode on this. As a union, you both, it is the only thing I think that both people are so responsible for is your intimacy. Yeah. Coming to somebody with your heart open and them coming to you with their heart open and saying, this is what I want. This is what I'm craving. And the other person saying, oh yeah, this is fabulous. And then that way, when you do have harder times, that conversation is easier. Yeah. Because you're there in truth. And they can say, I'm feeling so insecure. I'm processing this thing that happened to me. I didn't, I I, I don't know. It's weird. I need it to have a break with sex or I need Mm. to try it this way. Yeah. Then you can speak about it from that level. Okay. I love that. Does that make sense? Okay. So coming full circle real quick, let's close the loop. Full circle is, at least in my experience and in the experience of so many of my clients, and I would probably say in your experience, speak for me if you're wrong, Mm -hmm. but exploring your body as a sexual body really helps with self-love. Oh, yeah. When you understand, especially as a person with a vulva, and I would argue as a person with a penis, but today it feels like it's more important that we're talking about vulvas. Yeah, we are. (laughs) So – If you have never looked into the eyes of your pussy and witnessed her in her full orgasmic expression or in her full pleasure expression, I'm talking the wetness, the change in color, the swelling, the most incredible thing that you've ever seen, the hair, the mess, the, you know, inner and outer labias or the menorah and the majora. If you have not studied your pussy, I would argue that you can never achieve magna cum laude of (laughs) self-love. Yeah, I agree. You have to look at her. Mm -hmm. The way that you would analyze your face, when you look at your face, you know every pore, you know what mascara looks the best on you, you know what facial cream feels good. You need to know that stuff about your pussy. 
what touch feels the best? Mm-hmm. What lighting looks the best on her? Does she like candlelight? Does she like more of a spotlight? Is she kind of a behind the scenes girl? Like you, <laughs> your pussy has its own personality. Yeah. And she really needs to be seen and loved and cherished so that you as the person with the pussy can feel seen, loved and cherished and very sexual. So they go, they go pussy and pussy hand in hand. Pussy and pussy. Yeah. Yeah. You have to look at the full experience of your pussy. Yeah. I mean, I I just feel like it's the most incredible thing ever. And honestly, every time I do that, which it was, it's rare. And then I kind of like need a reminder. Yeah. And I look at it and I'm like, oh, (laughs) my God, I love you. (laughs) You're just like, what? The hell. Yeah. How how does something so perfect exist? Okay. It is the portal for life. It is the portal for, for life. And also, I don't know. This is so TMI, but it's also beautiful and has to – I watched blood come out <laughs> of my own vagina. <laughs> yes. Out of the hole. It's the most magnificent thing you've ever seen. <laughs> You're like – Okay, I am a goddess. I am the creator and fucking bow down. Yes, (laughs) it is like that. Yeah, you're like, okay. And you know what? Every client I have given that assignment to feels the same. Yes. They're nervous and scared. And then they're like, I am, I am heaven how the hell have I taken like yes what have I given to her right (laughs) how can I worship you further yes you have it's just such a magical experience to understand the expanse of your your portal yes yeah yes I love the I'm gonna go do it when I get home again (laughs) (laughs) I know I did it the other day one of my favorite ways to do it if the here are a couple of ways. And I did write a whole blog post on this. We can link it, but I, I want to sort of re yeah. redo it. Um, one of the ways you can do this is if you have a full length mirror, I like to put down like a little blanket or a little towel and like kind of have my feet on the wall. You know mm. what I mean? Like the, yeah. it's a full length mirror on the wall. If it's one of the ones that's standing on the floor and you sit down in front of it, you create a little love nest for yourself, some pillows, a blanket. If you want to use some lube, you could use some spit. You can use whatever, your sex toys. I like to light two candles so that they're illuminating the, the mirror. And I just spread myself right out. And usually before I even masturbate, because you don't even have to technically masturbate. You can just look at her. Mm-hmm. But when you are – looking at it, really just look at it as if you're looking into the cave of another world. Like you can really see it's like, whoa, okay, the skin is so soft in there and it's so supple and juicy and it changes colors. It's really a sight to see. It is a sight to see. I love to do it. Um, I did it last time just a couple weeks ago. Okay. In the bathtub. With a mirror? Yeah, I just put a little mirror in there because I was already laying down, legs spread open. And I'm like, that's so nice because the contrast of – I'm a water baby. I belong in the water. I really do. And just to see her in the water existing – 
She was swimming like a little clam. Yeah, she was like, this is where I belong. This is where I will give birth. Whoa. <laughs> this is, it's just special. It's just special. I urge every person. And you know what? I'm urging men too. If you've stuck along this, if you've <laughs> stuck with us this long, you need to look at your penis. You have to look at your penis too. And like your really, balls, like really observe it. Yeah. Really observe it. Wish I could tell you more about it. Can't. I could, but it will have to be in a different episode. Yeah. Because I would love to talk about penis positivity. Yeah. That's the, that's my favorite term for it. I think I coined that term, penis positivity. I wrote a whole blog about it. Yeah. I think you did too. <laughs> Anyway, well, geez, (laughs) are we ending this episode? I mean, I feel like we don't even have time today for questions, man. But you you know know what? what? (laughs) We're going to end our episode there. We do have time for questions for our Patreon page. So Mm -hmm. if you are wanting more of us, if you want to hear the questions of the day from us, unscripted, totally live and a little bit behind the scenes little behind the scenes then you can subscribe to our patreon page which we are so excited about the community that is growing there it's only eleven dollars and eleven cents a month come on eleven eleven it's an angel number and you along with that the q a's we are also doing our giveaway at the end of the month where you can win a private one-on-one one-on-two session with camille and me that's so exactly right. Make sure you head over there. You can do patreon.com slash the sex den or the little link is right below in the show notes. So yeah. we love you. We love you so much. We hope that this episode helped. Number one, convincing you to get period underpants. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> number two was helping you create some practices in your life to increase your self-love and really just I want to give a reminder to the wolf pack to just stick with it stick with it stick with it it really is a life journey it doesn't matter who you see what everybody's looking like on Instagram every person is struggling with this because at some point in their lives because of the societal standards that are horseshit yes so Just stick with it. We're not saying you have to do this stuff every day, but when you're feeling low, when you're feeling like you need a little something extra, do a body review. Give yourself a little extra love, gratitude, compassion, and incorporate some of these beautiful practices that Lauren shared with us today. Well, thank you. And I I love what you said, but I have to do a little, which is you absolutely need to be doing this every single day. Oh. This is not just something I pussy that looking in the mirror. Oh, <laughs> you don't have to look at your pussy every day, but you can. You can. You you can. can. <laughs> I talk to my pussy almost every day. Me too. I ask her what she needs, yeah. how she's feeling. Last like, night before I went to bed, I held her and I was like, "Thank you so much for bleeding. I love you. <laughs> I love you, girlfriend. I just love that. keep it flowing. Wow. <laughs> yeah, just hold it. I mean. I- I honestly do touch my body and thank it almost every day in the in the shower. Yeah. In yeah. the shower is a great place because you're already naked. It's You're already at, what is that, third base? Peak lubricant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Well, we love you all, and we hope you have a wonderful week. We love you. Thank you. 